Welcome, everyone, to this episode of the Sport Kite Podcast, where we will be talking about any and all things Sport Kite related. Over the next episodes, we hope to talk about everything from how to set up your first Sport Kite to more advanced stuff like how to tweak your trick flying and kind of a little bit of everything in between. I am your host, Nick O'Neill, founder of SportKite.org, and I wanted to thank you for tuning in and listening. If you're interested in supporting the podcast, go to buymeacoffee.com slash sportkite. This podcast is a part of the website sportkite.org, and it's a growing resource for sportkite flyers and enthusiasts. It is all volunteer run and updated, so every little bit helps. You can find us also on Facebook, and we'd love to hear what you think, whether you agree or disagree with what we are saying, or maybe you want to add something. In this episode, we continue with part two of the discussion of old school versus new school. In this conversation, we have Paul DeBacher, Hunter Brown, Zach Gordon, Devin Cobley Morrison, and Spencer Watson. So let's get started. All right, so given kind of what we've just discussed about what is a new school trick? What is an old school trick? Basics and, and such. Just kind of looking at the list of tricks that is out there, I'm kind of wondering where, like, where would you put a two-point landing? Where would you put a backflip? Where would you put a cascade or an insane? Stuff like that. Like, where where do those fit in the old school, new school, basics, or whatever category we're going to apply? Go for it, Devin. Okay, I'm going to maybe go out on a limb here and use synonyms for some of those tricks. I think they're all old. Um, Two-point landing, you got to learn how to land the kite. <laughs> like, even though a lot of people don't. Um, backflip first name maybe was the turtle it's in pretty much every early 90s tutorial cascade same thing hq it's a series of half axles and insane is pretty much what happened when a flat kite got stuck on its back if we're talking about a kite getting stuck in a turtle and wrapping down this way um nick you did use the words cascade or insane i think maybe i might be maybe combining the two things but if we're talking about the half axle version of the cascade I would definitely call that the found like a result of a half axle. The insane is if a kite can stay on its back and you can get it's good on the window. Like they're I would call those pretty pretty old or accidentally old sometimes. I, I think my thoughts here are a little bit about like clarity. Um, so when you say like two point landing, right? I think of the kite landing with two points. How do you get there? There's a bunch of ways you get there. If it was coming in from the side, you stall and you land, I'd call that a two-point landing. I'd call that an old school precision landing, right? You could come in from the top of the window. You could come in half axle on your way down, land on two points. I'd still call that a two-point landing. You land on two points. But that's your kite is going away from just straight up precision pressured flying. So I'd call that slack line or potentially new school. So I, I don't know. I feel like it depends a lot on some of these terms because they're so, um, I don't know. It's weird. It's yeah. So, so while 
you know, Devin and Wadi was talking, I had a, a different kind of way of looking at this in general in the new school and old school, and not to try and backtrack from the, the question we're at right now, but you have the, a certain uh, group of flyers out there who are, if you want to call it a weekend flyer or not even that, maybe they're a vacation flyer. They pick up a kite while they're at the beach and they go out there and they learn to fly it. And they learn to do things like loops and dives and run it across the ground close. And maybe if they're lucky, learn how to land it. It becomes, you almost become into a, a different level of flyer when you go out there and you learn how to do an actual stall. And then you maybe open that door to a slack line world of tricks out there, which may be things like the axle, the half axle, and, you know, Devin mentioned that the turtle or the backflip was a really basic trick. I think it takes someone who's really actively trying to learn to fly stunt kites that's going to get into that. And they've also probably bought a little bit nicer of a kite at that point as well. So I think that's just an interesting way to look at it, too, is that you've got a big group of flyers out there that are never, ever get to a slackline world. But when you unlock that door with like a, a snap stall and then that axle, you just open the door to a whole new world of tricks. I also just kind of wanted to bounce off what Devin was saying earlier um, and kind of what you're saying as well, Hunter. Um, cascades, you know, maybe a snap, two-point landing, turtle, things like that. They might be old tricks where they've been around for a long time, but I don't know if I would clarify them as old school. Just like we talked about in this previous segment, we kind of said new school started when the standoffs came in. You know, you wouldn't be doing right, didn't we? Didn't we say that in the previous, yeah, you're ish, roughly. But to then say, okay, well, now we're just going to jumble the cascade or an insane into the old school thing, too. It's like, well, no, wait a minute, that we're kind of now contradicting ourselves. I think they've been around for a long time and they are old tricks, but I think they still qualify as a, in the new school era of kiting as opposed to a, you know, spin stall or a slow two point landing, that vibe. Uh, yeah. And then I guess that that still goes to, to what is old school, what is new school. There's clearly not a consensus among this little group. Even uh, I'm hearing, I'm hearing almost two camps of, of Zach and Spencer uh between precision and, sh and slack line being being the old school new school and i'm almost hearing if 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 i'm listening correctly uh myself paul and 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 devin and hunter as as there was precision then there were standoffs uh then there was the first wave of slack line tricks now considered to be old school then there was the second wave of slack line tricks now to be considered old school uh, new school excuse me which again happened at around 2000 2001 um so we're we're still i think dancing a little bit about the whole definition of what is and i'm for that matter i'm not exactly convinced that i'm correct in my definition i can go uh, on board with 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 zach and spence as well on on on, on their definition of what's old school new school i really can um uh, yeah just just an opinion thing on, on on that one so paul i think i think you're on the right track there of like we're figuring out what this means but maybe the more important thing is what's useful like the whole point is is this attempt to categorize 
some types of flying. And so what categorization, agnostic of, you know, of history, if we look at all of the things you could do, how would you categorize them? I would categorize them between precision flight and slackline flight, just like how, how Hunter was mentioning how you could fly the kite, you could steer it, you could be really good with the kite being pressurized, you could have really good precision and be completely unaware of the whole world of slackline stuff. And it is a whole world of slackline stuff and it's an incredibly different way of thinking. It's a different way of understanding how the kite works. It's, it's a whole new beast uh, once you get there. So I feel like that seems like a really, really useful categorization between that knowledge base of I can fly the kite and steer it versus I can fly the kite and make it do flips and stuff. And so I feel like that's a useful categorization. So when someone goes and, hey, here's a categorization of new school and old school, I don't know what else I could, that could mean. I can't think of some other two level categorization that's actually useful that would be worth referencing in that way, right? Yeah, Wadi, you just made me think again of a whole other thing. When you talk about how different you look at things when you get into that world of slackline tricks, because you go from, hey, the wind's blowing really hard. That's awesome because the kite's going to fly faster and be more exciting and it's going to pull harder to all of a sudden going, wait, I don't want the wind to be blowing 12 miles an hour. I want it to be blowing two to four miles an hour. Because I wish the I wind can- would die. Yes, exactly. So you really do. It changes your whole outlook when you get into that that type. And I guess also to be fair, you know, there's nothing wrong with someone who wants to go out there and fly a kite fast and feel a kite pull hard. And someone who, instead of going the slackline route, they go the power kite route. And they, maybe they get into kite bugging and just getting drug around and jumping and maybe kite boarding. So, you know, just made me think. So do we need to come up with a, sl- a hybrid of the two? Precision, new school, old school, or rather precision, old school, new school, or do we need to go up with, do we need to anything for that matter, obviously, <laughs> but uh, I mean, it's still, it's there's still t- terms used, right? But I'm, I hate to say this, but I'm almost being swayed to, does it really matter if it's, if it's old school or new school slack line, if it's slack line? I see, I see, I have the benefit of, of, of cameras here and I see a couple of no's and I see a couple of maybes uh, and I see a smirk, I think. Um, does it really matter? Is it, is it indeed, uh, is, it, is, it, is it pressured flight? I love that phrase, uh, Spence. Is it pressured flight versus slackline? Is, is, is that it? Is that the, the main differentiator in, in dual line, quad line for that matter, uh, flying styles? I, I, I might be swayed here today. So are we actually trying to come up with what is the answer or do we just answer it based on part of it comes from, you know, how, what timing you came up in and kiting and yeah, that, that is going to be it. You know, something new school and old school possibly to Paul and I may, and, and maybe Devin may be different than someone who just started five years ago or two years ago. I think Devin's hungry. I want to hear from Devin. Yeah, there's some, there's some stuff that I've been thinking about as well, all of you, like Paul, Hunter, Spence, and Zach have all said. Um, I started to kind of think about this from the design aspect and like walking into a kite shop that I don't know, like as not a newbie to kiting, but a newbie to said kite shop or if a new design surfaces, et cetera. Like one of the big things 
that I think we've kind of all overlooked a little bit was an addition of something very prominent on a kite, and that is the yo-yo stopper, um, which has actively been added to it. If like maybe let's not include the prism eclipse or uh, elixir in here, because you can just roll them up and get them stuck on the upper spreader fittings, and it's fine. You want to define define yo-yo stopper real quick? Yeah. So yo-yo stopper. Thank you, Spence. Is um, I don't really like this word, but it's a little nub. Uh, <laughs> on the leading edge. It's like a nipple. It's, yes, it's a nipple. It's a yo-yo nipple. And it rests, depending on the design, let's just, let's put a, a cap on it of, at about like 40%. Um, if you're cutting the leading edge in half, that 40 to 60% ratio on the wing, that's going to have this little tiny little nublet there that you can wrap the kite over and you can essentially fly the kite from there. That well, was what, a big what deal. What does that yo-yo stopper do for you, Devin? Like, why? What is it there? So, tell us what so, it does for you. <laughs> does a lot of things for me, uh, depending on what kind of material it's made out of. Um, but, anyways, um, so that nipple, if you will, uh, <laughs> has, is something that we we can roll the kite up in the lines, much like a yo-yo, and you can actually fly the kite from, the dual line kite from that nub on the wing. Please, someone get me to stop saying this, um, on that wing. But anyways, so when you are buying kites or when kites started to come out, yeah, like a lot of them included yo-yo stoppers. And I've been hearing you guys all talk about these different distinctions. And I actually like wrote out an outline in front of me. Um, trying to find a hybrid of the two. And what I've kind of deduced is that like we have our precision and we have our basic flight. The, yeah, the wind is high, it's pulling hard, like go team. And then we have what are kind of the synthesis of flight and trick, which to me is very much like stalls, holding a fade, et cetera. They're kind of orientation-based things that are not in the dual line world, straight flight. It's not like we can fly backwards very easily. Um, so that's, that's going to be a lot of your stalls. You might throw your landings in there. So basically like your game changing gray area, what? And then you have this trick category, whether you want to call them slackline tricks or not, that is then separated into two points. Um, depending on when you grew up with heavy air quotes in the sport, that could be rotational versus pitch. That could be something I don't want to call it simple because it's a real pain to learn. It's just something that designates like the axle to combinations of the axle or half axle, whether that's the cascade or the comet. But I do think there's the initial like burst of, oh yeah. Then there's this gray area that does kind of combine the two. And then these trick, the third category being tricks does get separated. Whether you call it old or new rotational versus pitch, like there are two very clear, distinct points there. And then hopefully the final category is learning how to string them all together, regardless of wind. Um, I'm going to stop talking now. <laughs> can I, maybe, Devin, can I re kind of rephrase what I think you're saying is that you're seeing these three areas. You have precision, pressured flight, as I was talking about before. You have these sort of basic, basic tricks here where it kind of goes slack, but just like not really crazy. Your axles and your just kind of flat spins. And then you have the stuff that's this kind of mind bending audience doesn't understand 
um, backflips, turtles, you know, uh, Jacob's ladders, these sorts of things that are like, I'm actually flying the kite in orientations it's not supposed to fly in, like that kind of thing. Is that kind of the separation that you have in mind there? Yes, Spencer, sorry, wrong button, um, which is probably gonna happen a lot. Um, yeah, I guess if we wanna divide, like let's, let's hit the trick category. If we wanted to hit the trick category into two categories, if you will, subcategories, you could even go back to like being a bystander and going, okay, like you don't know that this is an axle, but someone's doing an axle or a cascade. Like Zach does a, a cascade in the climax of one of his routines, like very distinctly to eighteen twelve overture. And like, you know, it's intentional because a it's repeating over and over again and B it's to the music. So there, I think there is a distinction of like, yeah, that kind of sort of makes sense versus like what the hell just happened. <laughs> um, and that looks different for everyone and that changes for everyone but i i don't know i still i do think there are there are two categories like hunter was talking about this this line like on the other side of this line mark reed said the same thing there's a lot of really neat stuff that nobody really gets to see from i think it was the way to fly or the advanced way to fly um that line changes for everyone but there are two kind of categories and the beauty of the subcategories in the trick category is that there's no clear line. It moves always. Did that clarify it for you, Spence? Have a great We can area. just say it did. Yeah, we can just say it did. Thanks, guys. I was going to try to also understand your point, Devin, just like Spence did. Um, part of me feels like the the language old school and new school doesn't necessarily make much sense anymore since i've heard it several times this conversation well it depends on when you started flying or where you know like how old you were when you started or what year whatever and uh, i think it just kind of makes everything a bit confusing i think the idea maybe could be there's precision flying there's basic slackline trick flying. And then there's the crazy stuff that I don't even know how to do. Where you say, okay, stall basic trick that you should learn, that everybody needs to learn. Uh, half axle, snap landing, all of these are kind of the basic tricks that then are built upon to get to those crazy things. And if you don't have that foundation of the basics, you won't be able to get to the quote unquote new school of flying. You can't just get to the new school, even if you started today, you're not gonna then all of a sudden be in the new school type of flying, unless you're, I don't, yeah, I don't know how that would even work. So I just think it's the old school is that, yeah, that foundational base that everybody needs, that precision, flying but i guess you don't need to be able to fly precisely you can fly however you want but i think you do need to have the basics of of slackline trick understanding to be able to then get to that next level of quote unquote new school or advanced slackline trick flying you made an interesting point there zach and i wanted to hook into that uh real quick um 
I have seen, I think I have seen a lot of newer flyers that have been exposed to the latest and greatest and most complicated of trick line flying and freestyle flying. And it's almost seen as a starting point. And for me as an old school flyer, I'm going to say it again, old school, whatever that means, I'm an old school sport guide flyer. I have learned the basics because the new tricks just simply weren't there. And, and even the, the slightly more complex wave of tricks like fades and flick flex were developed in my time, so to speak. And certainly there was at that point not, not an immediate uh, YouTube instructional on it. Um, so I was forced to first learn precision, then learn very elementary things like the stall, like the half axle, and then slide into the more complex situation. Um, when you say you have to learn those in order to do the new school tricks, I, I want to agree with you because I think that's, as an old purist, how it should be. I'm not sure that's actually always what's 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 happening i think there's a lot of people that are coming in and they're and they're like all right let's let's start with this crazy copter uh, power to them in a way i think it might make learning more difficult and i don't mean to cut you off i didn't mean that you have to you have to start with precision or you can't just start with the new things but a lot of the new tricks are built off of those beginner type of tricks so in a way you kind of do have to learn how to get to a fade before you can do uh, whatever the thing is where you flip it around on its back. I cannot think of the words, but you know what I'm talking about. You kind of need you need that before you can even get that. Even if you're not trying to learn how to do a fade or half axle, it's it's part of the news trick. Do I really need to learn a fade in order to be able to perform a backspin though? Backspin. That's I'm word. not sure that I do. Is my is my point, <laughs> and I'm, and I'm, and I'm, I'm not sure that I like that either. I really but you need to learn how to get into a fade before you can do a backspin. Because isn't a backspin starting on a fade in that position? A crossed yes. fade, nonetheless. You, you need to be so, able to hold it like a fraction of a second. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah but you still have to be good at it before you. You have to get into the fade before you can do the next input. You don't necessarily need to learn how to hold the fade. You need to learn how to get to that position. Ooh. To me, trying to trying to hold the fade is, is an integral part of the fade. I mean, a really integral well, part yeah. of the fade. But the first step in learning how to fade is to get to that position. Just like the first step of learning how to backspin is to get to that fade position. So I think I'm what I'm picking up here is there's maybe a bit more focus on the word school as opposed to old and new, right? And that there's when i think of it from that perspective it's like how did i learn how did i what is my avenue for learning what what's my process and old school is very much like i started with precision and i worked my way forward and then got into trick stuff and you know this very procedural kind of refined stuff as you go and build up more partially like I think maybe that's called old school because older flyers, they didn't have a choice. <laughs> like they learned what was available and then was able to learn more. So they had no choice but to build the foundation first. Whereas maybe that new school approach is, hey, I want to do that cool stuff. So I'm going to do just whatever I need to do to get to that cool stuff. Which means if I want to do a backspin, 
I, I don't need to know that fade really strongly. I just need to know it long enough so I can hit the spin. <laughs> like, like the point is to get to the backspin, not to get to the fade from that, from that perspective, right? Which leads to people where like, I feel like the external perspective of that on, on that sort of flyer is someone who can trick like crazy, but maybe doesn't do squares, doesn't like do slides, doesn't fly precision much, that sort of thing. Whereas maybe the old school is maybe a little bit more in the other direction, maybe a, a, like really heavy on precision and maybe hasn't spent as much time on the heavy, tricky, crazy, tricky stuff because they spend they go a little slower building up that fundamentals more. And some people like Paul get there anyway, because he spent so much time, they built all those fundamentals all the way up to that point. But I think if you look at the average flyer between old school and new school, you see old school is precision oriented and new school being more flippy tricky oriented. Devin, you look suspicious about that. I agree with everything that everyone has said. But I'm going to like, add, I don't believe that at all. <laughs> I'm going to add like a little thing, like a little thing. The one thing that I've learned, I mean, like, it's not like, you know, we all are super, I mean, we are super busy, but it's not like we haven't had a lot of extra time to fly lately. Um, I have taught so many people this summer that all come to me with the same question. And it usually is along the lines of how do I learn insert ridiculous combination trick here. Nine times out of 10, it's the comet. Um, in which case, my response is, let me see your half axle. Um, which, yes. which there's a lot of things, and I do wanna go back to this fade thing really quick and, and kind of touch on that. There, what, I, what I love about the new school and that, I don't, I don't say the line has to be drawn anywhere on any particular trick, but the new school absolutely demands the fact that your old school tricks are right so like back when we were you know like little tiny tots there were a million ways to do a half axle in 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 some ways you had to do a half axle a million ways because kite design was quite diverse back then but when you really get into like the intensity of stringing things together you will learn very quickly <laughs> if your half axle is deficient like if it's say it's two inputs and you're throwing i'm going to throw a ridiculous number out there like six into a half axle which i don't think is possible but just humor me if you're doing that and a comet is multiple half axles strung together there's absolutely no way you will learn how to figure out that comet like because your half axle is not as efficient as it could be and Zach, you taught me this because you were the first one that was like, I can do a comet. And I was like, God damn it. Like, <laughs> like okay. So like, that's a thing. So like, I've taught people that have grown grown up on the lines in the 90s all the way through 2000s. They're like, well, my half axle is fine. I'm like, well, if you can't string it to something, clearly there's a disturbance in the force. This goes back to the fade versus half, the fade versus backspin thing too is that that's a touchy subject because that has a lot to do with, frankly, which is something that we're gonna be talking about in a future episode, um, thanks to Nick, is kite design. The backspin, especially when it started, was super kite dependent. It had a lot to do with toe points and changed leading edges and all stuff that we'll talk about later. But there were kites that you didn't have to learn a fade. You could literally flip it on its back and beat the shit out of it and it would just go around like a pinata when you hit it the right way. 
Out so, of the box of tricks. Yeah. And like the like the voodoo and the wahoo, like where you're like, this guy makes me look great. Like, and then you fly anything else and you're very quickly humbled. Um, that goes back to old school versus new school. So one does inform the other, just like precision informs tricks. So I guess here's what I, here's what I'll say to all that um, is uh, you know this whole thing train of thought is you know Paul may sit there and think you've got to learn A B C D before you can learn E uh, yet someone else comes in and they want to just jump straight to E uh, is it, and I'm just posing this a question I don't I'm, I don't have the answer to this but. Is that what happened, Paul, in or or Devin, whoever, in the early two thousands, when that new school of slackline came around, that some of those flyers were coming up with the basic of slackline tricks already going, and they didn't come in and learn in the traditional path. They came right in, and then they took it to a whole nother level. So, if I take your bait, I'm going to be well in my day. Those youngsters. No, I'm not doing that. Um, <laughs> No, as 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 Devin already said earlier, um, um, we did we didn't have a choice, right? I started flying in '92, so there was three years of precision flying. That the, the tricks were sort of introduced in '94, '95 ish, I would say. The, the 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 axles and base type tricks, and then we we gradually evolved into flick flacks, more different combos, backspin came came a little bit later, and then and then the French invasion game, right? A couple of handful of very good flyers that, that basically made it their living flying kites and flying them incredibly well. And that was, a, 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 that was an ex, maybe not a revolution, but an acceleration of evolution maybe, uh, as far as uh, what could be done with, with a dual line sport kite. Um, do you have to go via B, C and D in order to get to E? Maybe not, but I'm still going to say it, E will look better if you know the other letters. I would absolutely agree with that. And I would agree with that as well. Uh, I'm not saying not saying otherwise. I guess I'm posing that question of is that what happened in, in those early 2000s with some of those new flyers that came in um, and did it that way. And then, Paul, you, you, you and I specifically, and I think Devin probably falls in this as well, you know, we came in at a, at, at a different time in a sense of we were learning the tricks as they were being developed. And we, in some ways, maybe had hands in developing some of those tricks. Um, so we, ha we had no choice but to be learning in that order as they were progressing and they were developing. So, yeah, I think that goes along with some of it as well on how we learn. I, I think maybe one clarifying point, I think if we look at an old school flyer and a new school flyer, I think they can both get to the same level of proficiency across the board. I think it's not necessarily, the order is required to a minimal extent in that you have to know a fade in order to get to a backspin, but you don't have to be good at the fade. If you are good at the fade, your backspin will be better, but you could learn the fade, learn the backspin, work on your fade, right? You don't have to be excellent in your fade first. So I feel like that trick flyer, the new school flyer is going to go, rush to the end, get these tricks to where I can just like do them. And then maybe if they're going to be really proficient, come back and work on those fundamentals after the fact, whereas the old school more is building up from the basis instead of backtracking later. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Sport Kite Podcast. We hope to be bringing you something new every week. 
Like next week, we'll be doing another episode for just the beginners out there with more tips, tricks, and talk of some of the fundamentals. Don't forget to find sportkite.org on Facebook and give it a like and a follow and also check out the website. Watch this resource grow. It's changing every week. If you have any questions or suggestions, we'd love to hear from you. And you can reach us at info at sportkite.org or drop us a line on Facebook. By the way, if you like what you have heard here and you'd like to see it continue, consider becoming a supporter. That donation portal is at buymeacoffee.com slash sportkite. Thank you for listening. Till next time.